Watch Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game. Game.com. I'm sorry, I was looking at something up there and it, it threw me for a second. Okay. Sam and Greg, on this Saturday morning, the 24th day of June. Did I ask you how you're doing so far in your week and everything yeah, like man, that before cool. we get into this next little thing there? Top great. of the hour. All right, then. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And good morning to you folks in Conyers. The wonderful Conyers. Out there, I-20. Yeah. Out, out there out, by the Supernatural Highway. Out there, 20. Not quite to the Super. Well, they are. It is. They're one end there. of it. Yeah. One Them and, Co- and Covington. And Covington. Right there in wonderful Rockdale County. Shout out there. You know right who got a place way. out there? Who that? Our buddy Jim. Jim Hancock. Ah. He got himself a bench warmers out there. Okay. And, okay. And, 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 and the theater's out there not far from there. So there's a little, I mean, the movie theater's not far from out there. So they got some work out there in Conyers. Yeah, in Conyers. And, and Covington, right there. And like I said, all them, the, the, the square. I've been yeah. to the square in Conyers. I've been to the square in Covington. Mm-hmm. By the way, does Conyers have a square, a town square? I you believe know. so. Hmm. I haven't been. Okay. What's the team out there? How's, how's Conyers? You know, like program? Conyers, you got several different high Hang schools. On, they don't there. Have, oh, they, okay. You got one school. You got Rockdale, you got, you got Salem, uh, you got Heritage. Those are the three schools in, in Rockdale hmm. County around in Conyers, yeah. Who I got to worry about next season? If I'm, if I'm playing ball. Uh, which ball are you playing? All right, I'm playing football. It depends. On okay, <laughs> if I'm playing football, who I need to worry about? playing football. Um, probably Heritage, probably of, of those. And if you get down and go over to Covington now, you got you got, you got got Newton down there, Eastside, and Alcove. Hmm. They all going to get after you. Okay. Speaking yeah. of Covington, shout out to our, our sports rep. Yeah. We'll we, we, we say hey to him. Say hey to him. There you go. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, sometime. you you teased it. You gave a a beautiful radio tease. Like I said, later on this hour, we're going to talk to Keith, Alex Urban, the uh, executive director of the Tour Championship. I got a casting call for you. But there is noise coming out of the state of Alabama, and as you said, it ain't coming from Tuscaloosa. No. Could it could it be a warning to Tuscaloosa, though? They've been getting a lot of those lately. People have been poking the bear lately. If it ain't Jimbo Fisher, <laughs> it's Dion. Yeah. You know, Nick, he, he doesn't have people bowing at his knee the way they used to. Oh, he to. don't like that. He don't, he, don't, he don't like that at all. But, but this guy now is, is not doing so. Trent Dilfer, of course, you know, he's known to play, and he had, a, had a long NFL career and, and has been in sports broadcasting recently. Uh, coached the high school team in Lipscomb Academy um, up, up in Tennessee. Stepped away from that, become the new head football coach at uh, at University of Alabama Birmingham, which is a, a good program in a Group of Five conference. And to me, he's kind of following almost the Deion Sanders, because he's this guy who's known, got some notoriety, and he's coming into the college program without being like a a coordinator at collegiate right. level or an assistant at a smaller college level. And he's stepping in at a Group of Five as a head coach. So he's bringing you know a lot of some coaching experience and playing experience, but he's bringing his brand. And so he's coming in, and uh, he's letting some coaches know at the higher level because he's seeing how this transfer portal work, work, works. Right. And if you're not at a Power 5 school, it's kind of like whatever you're coaching is like open, open market and free game for guys at the big-time schools. And we see that in schools with the Sun Belt. We saw about a dozen players at the transfer portal over at Georgia State, somewhere at places like Southern Cal and South Carolina and Miami. And so – you know, those coaches are like, what do we do? What, what do we do with these players that we worked and we cultivated, and now these big schools are going to come and, and kind of poach? And so um, he was appearing He was appearing on uh, the Rick and Bubba show, which is a famous show in Birmingham and is nationally syndicated. And he had these thoughts uh, about, you know, his players and keeping them engaged at Alabama-Birmingham. And it's easy for 
a coach said, oh, man, your coach said, you're going to jump right into this nickel spot, and you're going to play in national televised games every week. And that's really easy to say. And then kid shows up, and he's like, well, wait a second. Why am I the third guy? By the way, come try to get my guys. Right. Like, come, I dare you, Power <laughs> Fives. I got a pretty pretty big platform that I can step on. Yeah. And if I find you in my kids' DMs, and if I find you talking to high school coaches about my kids, if you're in my roster, I'm going to call your ass out. I'm going to say it by name to the biggest voices in television today, and it's going to make game day, and it's going to make Sports Center, and it's going to make – because, by the way, those guys running Sports Center are still my friends. That's right. I still got their sale. So go ahead. I dare you to jump into my roster. And I told the American coach the same thing. I said, why don't you guys have the you-know-whats to stand up and say, get out of my roster? Right. I said, here's why, because you want their job. Oh, I want you said it. I want this job. That's right. I don't want no power. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. Right. I want this job. I want the city of Birmingham to say no. That's our city. That's our coach. Right. And so go ahead. I'm not scared. So of- so that, that's your thought. That's Trent, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I, and you know, why don't other coaches say this? I and mean, maybe it's because those coaches are looking at those jobs. And saying in the future, I want to work at one of those big schools, so I'm not going to step on their toes. He's saying, I don't care about that. I'm I'm happy to be where I am. I'm going to work here. I'm going to live here. And maybe he's he, maybe he's got a point. And a lot of people listen to say, well, the kids got a right to go where they want to go. They want to go, yeah. okay. And and and, and, and understand me. A lot of the people who we see leave in all sports in the transfer portal and go to another place that's comparable. That's because that place probably recruited them to begin with. Just because you don't go to the school doesn't mean your relationships potentially with that coach that recruits you at that school goes away. And that's why for a lot of people we see it's a seamless thing. It's easy. It happens quickly because, you know, recruiting is all about relationships. Right. And so we hear about these kids, especially in our area, who got 15 offers, 25 offers, 30 million offers, whatever. And so those relationships don't go away. Those kids, if they're not happy where they are, you know, they hit the transfer portal knowing some people they can reach out to. But what he's saying is if he finds out that coaches from the bigger schools or their assistants are making contact with his guys in some kind of way or even going to their high school coaches to make contact with the guy, he's going to call them out. And, I, you know, I don't know what, what, what difference does that make. Will that make the kid want to stay? Because, obviously, if he's played, if he's balling out at UAB, He's got a chance to go down the road to Tuscaloosa. I don't know that that little threat is going to make a difference. Listen, it. But at least it's a threat. At least it's a coach at that level who's speaking out. And that I can respect. Okay. Instead, instead of most of them saying, we can't do nothing about it, they're just going to come down here and get whatever they, they want and whatnot. To me, that's a breath of fresh air. But if he's there on his brand, you don't have to say that. Those, What's that old phrase about those who know – you know, or those who can't, they don't say nothing. You knew that if you came at Dion, he had the ability to get back at you. He didn't have to say it, right? It was that's where, that's where you. There's some things that are unsaid because you know the reputation, you know his connections. You that's know kind of what this how. year was going to be about. Had he stayed at Jackson State, and Dion Sanders had stayed at Jackson State, this year would have been about who was who was going to stay there mm-hmm. and who a Power Five would, would draw out. You know, and, and and some guys from down there have gone to other schools, not that didn't go to Colorado with him. We don't know that. 
you know, we don't know if he would be able to put a halo or a guard around those guys and say, hey, you guys are going to stay down here in Jacksonville. You would think his brand would be so strong and their loyalty would be in that way. And maybe that's what Trent Dilfer got, but he's, got he's, going on. Oh, he's oh, oh. whistling up the wrong street if he thinks he's anywhere close to having that kind of cachet. And nobody has Dion's cachet. Listen, I, I don't, he, think, he, he's I don't think he has he's, Eddie George's. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. And Eddie George is in kind of the same situation, trying to bring some – some spotlight, what Tennessee State? Yeah, and it hasn't ha- it hasn't materialized the way or to the level of Dion. If we're using him as the blueprint, there are going to be a whole lot of people falling short. Okay, you just because you just can't, can't right. find that kind of it again that it factor that Dion has. But Trent Dilfer saying all that is like, okay, if you can do that, great. You don't have to say it. That sounds like the scared dude in the fight. Hey, man, if you come at me, I'm going to beat you up now. I'm going to go do it. And he's telling you what he's going to do. Right. But you know he can't fight. Right? Because he's just talking. That's how you got out of a lot of fights when you grew up in <laughs> Chicago and New York and places like that. You just talk so much craziness. They just hey, man, get away from me. But that's that's sort of akin to what that – that's how that hit me. Like, okay, Trent, cool. Do your thing. Change the program around. But we know you used to work at ESPN. We know you have these major TV network connections. And if that's what you're saying, you're going to do and put these people on blast who go and try to pinch from your, from, from your stock of players, okay, cool. We know you do that anyway. That's the way I look at it. Because you, you know he's got those connections. Right. But, but to threaten to use them in that way, I thought that, that was pretty, you know. But, but you're right. Coming out of that state and him saying what he's saying, yeah, you would think it'd be, you know. And also, well, you know what, and it'll get him some traction. You know, right now, because right now in that state, all of attention, all of attention goes to, you know, goes to Tuscaloosa, and, and, and rightfully so, until Auburn gets, you know. I was just going to say, what is that other big school out there going to do just, something? They're just out there just trying to figure it out, trying to make themselves be be relevant again. They're the ones who are trying to keep kids on board. I mean, my goodness, that, that, that's that been a revolving door down there, not just for coaches, but for players in recent years, right? Cause is this the bad time to be in – Auburn situation when yep. you're in yep. a college, be in the state with the gold standard right up the road. Yep. And you're trying to change. But you gotta perception. try. That's just like down the street around the corner from us. You know, you gotta try. You have to try. You know what I mean? And and so that's 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 kind of what's happening right up the street here with Georgia Tech. But Georgia you know? Tech had won in, but, in but the that, amount of time that Auburn has won. And I, made I, noise I, I, like I, them. I, I realize that, but they're in a situation where they're and you know what? Auburn ain't in close proximity of the kind of talent that Georgia Tech is in the proximity of. And I'll tell you, you know? something else. We we have been on the forefront talking, and you yourself, it's going to be even harder for a Georgia Tech to turn around, especially when you got Kennesaw State making noise. You got your school, you got Georgia State making noise. Georgia Southern's going to come back around. There's a lot of alternatives here to but once that, you get but, past but, but Athens. That, but that is why what has happened at Georgia Tech the last couple of weeks has happened. With the seven on seven that they had over there, they they move the Corky Kell Dave Hunter seven on seven from Roswell to the Georgia Tech campus to get that to get talent from all different schools at least to get them on campus and see. You got a couple of of um, former high school coaches who are now working with the Georgia Tech program, and so you you're doing some things like you said you you want to try to at least get them to come and sample you, to come and come and be on campus, to come and show you what you have and, and, and meet some of the staff. So that's that, that, that's that's the, a, a key thing that you have to do when you got the kind of talent you got in this area. It brings on a question, by the way, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, yeah. 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Think back and, and, and answer this one for me. Did Georgia State's football program benefit from the years Ron Hunter made their basketball program 
you know, brought the national spotlight on them. Yeah. And then, by extension, I'm asking, do you think that Kennesaw State is going to benefit the well, same way? Absolutely. 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 From the basketball season. I mean, the football team has been winning, been very successful. They're getting ready to make that transition to Conference USA, you know, from the FCS level, the 1AA level. They're getting ready to, to, to step up. They're going to be in the same league. Um, well, UAB has gone to the American Conference right now, but playing the likes of people like Jacksonville State and Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, and maybe eventually get them back on the Georgia State schedule for a game. A lot of people would like to see that. But, but yeah, but the attention to Kennesaw State, because people, you know, when that happens, people go and find out, hey, where is this school? You know, can I be a part of what's happening there? The greatest example of that is an HBCU, North Carolina A&T. They came here and won the first Celebration Bowl, and they knocked the doors off the hinges of the dome, just not just with talent for athletes, but just enrollment, period. They're the mm-hmm. largest enrollment HBCU. Yeah, because of what happened with athletics. Athletics is the front porch to any school, you know. And it, and very it, well put. That was is. nice. It, 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 it was it, very it, nice. It, it, it is the front porch. Now, we got, we got to get somebody up on that front porch to help Kennesaw State find himself a basketball coach. Well, they, they got one. Well, I mean, they, they Gatlin, but I mean after. They, 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 they attracted a coach from Alabama. They attracted a coach from the SEC school. Okay. They couldn't do that before last spring. They could not attract a coach from an SEC. I'm not saying that. They took the name when when the yeah, name left. Yeah, yeah but they. But they, 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 I get it. I'm just saying. That name was there, and yes, it helped everything, and it, it made the spotlight even brighter. But okay, I'm cool with what you're saying, and, and I'm feeling good about who they who they, they brought they, in. They got a coach in Petway that's coming in from a program that had one of the top three players picked in the draft just a couple of nights ago. All right, well, I'll shut up and move on. Yeah, It's Sam and Greg. We're going to uh, talk to <laughs> Alex Urban. I like that. Hey, listen, you schooled me. I got to accept the facts and move on. So you folks up there by Chastain, I'm sorry. Uh, Executive Director of the Tour Championship, Alex Urban. He will join us next. Going to talk a little golf. Get his thoughts on that big sort of merger that took place, but more importantly, getting ready for how the season traditionally ends and and what's at stake in the Tour Championship. It is Sam and Greg. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning. Very regal. Very, very, very. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody with a funny hat should be walking down when you hear that you music. Think so? Or riding, or riding on a horse. Or and all. Yeah, well, on a horse. <laughs> I guess. But it's just very majestic when you yes. hear something like that. And if that was my intro music, boy, I'd feel intimidated to have to come with something. But we ain't got to worry about with this dude. No, no, he's ready. He's ready to go. He's ready. Want to welcome uh, Alex uh, Urban joining us here. He's the executive director of the Tour Championship. Good morning, Mr. Urban. How are you, sir? Good morning, guys. I was actually good. I was already trying to craft a joke about having music that that epic to come on the radio too. Well, you you don't recognize that. Of course, I recognize that. If well, that doesn't get you excited as a golf fan, then you're you're not a you're, you're following the wrong sport. Well put. But that, yeah, I want you to know before you came on, there was a decision that was made by Mr. Crenshaw over here. He realized something, so we're we're kind of you know we're, we're patronizing you a little bit here. But Look, because, let him know what's why we played that. Hello, friend. <laughs> <laughs> the switch has been made. We understand that CBS will be bringing the tournament this year. Yeah, we're really excited about it. This is uh, so I think it was maybe a couple years ago when the uh, new media rights deals for the PGA Tour um, kicked in. 
the three playoff events, FedEx St. Jude Championship, BMW Championship, and Tour Championship, they're, every year they're going to switch to, like last year, all three were broadcast on NBC. This year, all three will be broadcast on CBS, and then it'll flip-flop every year. So um, typically they were kind of pigeonholed into whomever broadcasted them long-term. And it's going to be really cool because we've never had CBS broadcasting this tournament. So you get Jim Nance and Trevor Immelman and, and the crew. Wow. wow. That was what he was asking. He was, was wondering. A, that's what I said. We're going to have a little hello, friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lake. Uh, that, that, that would be great. Um, but, of course, we've been watching the tour and watching as things uh, progress. And, you know, we're leading for this event. Thoughts about your observations of what we've seen, you know, in, in, in recent weeks as we get ready to make this turn and, and get set for this event that's happening at the end of August. Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of the, you know, we could start rounding third base here, getting towards the, uh, towards the FedEx Cup playoffs, which the playoffs this year are a little different than they, than they have been in the past, and that only the top 70 players are going to qualify for that first event in Memphis. And what you're seeing is more guys playing a little bit more often uh, Justin Thomas is probably a really good example of that. I just saw that he's playing next week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, but he's sitting at 78th in the standings right now. Um, he's, he played pretty well yesterday at the Travelers Championship, but he's trying to play his way into the playoffs, um, ultimately to try to qualify for the Tour Championship. But if you look at the other side of the coin, um, you know the guys at the top who've been playing really, really well all season. You've got, obviously, John Rahm and his four-win season so far. Scotty Claire feels like he's on the leaderboard every week, no matter how uh, no matter how he's playing. It seems like even when he's got his like B or C game, he still somehow is kind of right up there sniffing for the lead. And um, I'm sure you guys caught some of the U.S. Open last week. That was uh, mm-hmm. a yep. pretty good showdown. And Wyndham Clark just down the stretch, just t- tough to beat a guy who's who's playing golf like that and getting up and down from everywhere. Alex Urban, Executive Director of the Tour Championship, joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Just a reminder, the championship takes place August 23rd through the 27th. And in case you're wondering, this happens before college football. So you got no conflict going on here. This is the weekend before college football begins. All right, so you got no excuse to go out there, get that right down. Is it Memorial? Take you right down there, or is it Moreland? I always get those two confused. Memorial. It's Memorial. Memorial. Yeah, Take you right it. down there, man, and, and, and check out East Lake and all that. All right. I have to ask you first, and this way I'll know the question I want to ask you. Because it's <laughs> listen, we can't have you on this show and not get an opinion about the merger and your thoughts on it. So first, how much can you talk about it without, you know, screwing up things, or do you have a full throated opinion about what happened? as these um, live guys came back in this merger in the DP league, where we sit right now in professional golf. Yeah, sure. And, and what I'll say is I think that there's still a lot to be determined. Uh, For example, I I think merger is probably the incorrect term. There's, there's been a whole bunch of great articles that have come out kind of describing the, the framework deal between the two entities. And from our perspective, frankly, like I said, one, there's a lot of things to be determined Two, I think it's really nice to have a path forward to um, a unified professional game and, and kind of get some of the distractions from professional golf behind us going forward. Frankly, I think that uh, it'll allow us to focus on the things that at the tournament level that we want to focus on, which obviously is putting on a great tournament for uh, the players themselves, but also what we do for the community and um, you know, we've, we've raised 48 plus million dollars for Atlanta community charities, whether it's the East Lake Foundation or the First Team Metro Atlanta and all the other charitable organizations we work with. 
just freeing us up to focus on that and, and not some of the additional noise that we've had out there over the last year, mm-hmm. 18 months, however long you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, I would say that right now there's – I don't have a ton of comments because I think there are still many things being figured out. But I am excited about the, the prospects of, of moving on, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, folks, we're spending time with the executive director of the Tour Championship, uh, Alex Urban. And the Tour Championship is social. If you go on Twitter, you can look it up at Tour Champ, at capital T-O-U-R Champ. Then we get the latest information on this event as it comes. Alex, I know this is like any other sporting event that takes place, and major event, and Atlanta has so many that take place here. Volunteers uh, make things happen. Uh, do you have enough people volunteering for this event, and how do people get involved? Because I can imagine there are a lot of people who do this every year, right? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. It's funny enough, my the very first golf tournament I ever worked in any capacity was uh, I was a teenager and was a volunteer at the Travelers Championship, which is the tournament that they're playing this week. Um, so, so volunteering is pretty close to my heart. And, uh, yeah, we, we can't operate PGA Tour events and raise the dollars for charity that I was just talking about without – without our dedicated volunteers. And we end up having about call it 1200 or 1300 volunteers every year. And there are still some spots open and some really fun committees. And uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. There are people that have been doing this for, we always give out awards every year to the people that have been doing it for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And there are people that haven't missed one um, since the very first playing at East Lake. And they create this great little community and, and they see their friends every year at the tournament. And it becomes this, this really great touch point for them, for the community and what we do there. So uh, yeah, it's super fun. We highly recommend it. If you've never done it, like I said, that's kind of how I, I got my first introduction to the game and um, decided to make a career out of it. And uh, the way you would get involved in that is uh, through tourchampionship.com. We have a volunteer tab there and you can just apply and there's, it'll tell you what committees still have openings. And um, yeah, we'd love to have anybody that wants to volunteer out at uh, uh, East Lake golf club this August. Hey Alex, how's the course? I mean, any changes, anything anything a little, little different every year? You try to make things a little bit different? Uh, I don't know what you can say at this point. but <laughs> No, the course the course is looking really good. Um, I, I was just taking a walk around there yesterday. We, we actually begin our build for the tournament in uh, in mid-May, so there's a lot of pet structures for, for August are already, are already either up or fully built. Um, no huge changes for the golf course itself this year. You're not going to see anything massive. Um, you'll get some more news from us here in the in the the medium term, I'll say, on some <laughs> really cool work that's going to the golf course, going into the golf course following the tournament this year in preparation for the 2024 Tour Championship. Um, some work with Andrew Green, who's course designer, um, who he's done a whole bunch of high-profile renovation projects. If you watched any of the PGA Championship back in May at Oak Hill, he did the vast majority of the the rework on that, and it was so well received by players and fans, and it was looked cool on TV. It played great, uh, so he's the one that's driving the bus on 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 that project, and so we'll have more to share uh, at some point, but not just yet. Wow! Oh, he got to come back then. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. come back then. See, man. that's that's just a pro. I'm try, I try to leave you some breadcrumbs so that I can make my way back but the thing of it when you go there the place is so impressive and you know from the clubhouse to, to all out on the grounds so you wonder like what, what what could you do there are obviously things you could do but you wonder like what do you do to enhance it to improve on what is already to me one of the masterpiece layouts you know on, on the uh on tour yeah it's it's certainly not a uh, bad canvas to work with 
from a golf course perspective. You know, East Lake Historic East Lake Golf Club is one of the premier clubs in the United States and in the I mean, truly in the world. And it's something that people know all about because of its history with Bobby. I mean, certainly going back to Bobby Jones and where he grew up playing golf and first and last competitive round, but then everything that's happened in the last 25 years with the tour championship. And some of those key images of you picture tiger coming down 18 or Jim Furyk putting in the rain or Bill Haas hitting it out of a lake on what's now number eight. Like there's, there's so many cool moments through the years. And yeah, I think the, this project is really more, it's about leaning into the, the, what makes the course special and really bringing more of that out. So we're, we're excited about it. Um, Obviously, the course itself is the one that, that drives. Thankfully, I'm not in charge of that project. We'll we'll make sure that the tournament uh, makes some cool changes in conjunction with the the renovation. I think people will will be able to see some of that too. But we're we're really excited about the whole thing. 24 is definitely going to feel like a bit of a relaunch uh, of the event itself and the golf course. Will you go to visit any other events leading up to East Lake? Do, do you, you do you travel um, at all, or do you, all your work is basically here? to make it to a few i mean there's every year every year we make it to the players championship um that's a you know such a high expression of what it what a pga tour event is in terms of whether it's hospitality or <clears throat> fan areas all the things that you look to improve from a year-to-year basis i would say it's it's really tough it's not tough it's just, it's different to operate an event that happens once a year for five days like our gates are open five days a year Whereas if you're running a Mercedes-Benz Arena or you're operating the the you know Truist Park for the Braves, you've got a whole bunch of home games where you can try things and see what works, see what doesn't. So we spend some time going to those other events, trying to see and learn. And you know we've got some great colleagues that work all across the PGA Tour, and we're basically just trying to go to those events and then steal the good the good ideas that they have and uh, aggregate them here in Atlanta. All right, I need you to take off your executive hat for a minute because you're oh. gonna, you know, you, well, you come on with Sam and Greg. You like to have some, we like to have some fun, and you seem to enjoy sure. yourself when you come on with us. I've been saying yeah. this back and forth with Mr. Crenshaw for years, and this has more to do with sports that are played individually as opposed to team sports. As a golf fan, and given where this sport is right now, and and you know, he who will not be named is not playing right now. Um, do you feel like a sport like this needs somebody with the black hat? In other words, the yin and the yang, something to bring the people. you got the golf fans. It's, it's when sure. that happens, that brings people. If you can't have that over-the-top, extraordinary-type presence like a Tiger Woods, it seems sure. to bring the people to the TV in NASCAR, in golf, in boxing, whenever it is that has the guy that you love and then you got the guy that you hate or the woman that you yeah. love and the woman that you hate. Do you feel like this sport <laughs> needs that? Sure. I think that's an I think that's an interesting question. I it just kind of depends on the I think about you mentioned individual sports and I think individual sports are funny in general in terms of what drives interest. And I think you touched on obviously Tiger Woods. People love to see great achievement. Uh, that's the same with tennis, right? And tennis has been so lucky that they've had like three or four generational players over the last fifteen or twenty years. And people love to see the the best performing as the best uh michael phelps you know how many people tuned into the olympics to watch what he was doing or usain bolt or or anything on the on the individual level but yeah i mean i as a as a fan of sports in general i mean i've watched 
probably more New England Patriots games back in the day than I would care to admit to, just because, I, like everyone, I was looking to see if someone could beat Tom Brady. There you go. There you go. Very few, very few people could, but it was worth watching, and that's why you had so many people rooting for whether it was Peyton Manning or whomever that was they were playing in the playoffs, and we're so excited when they finally you know won a couple of Super Bowls in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it just depends on the makeup. And I, I don't disagree that right now the, the, the PGA Tour has a lot of really likable guys on it that I think are easy to root for. I think you look at the U.S. Open a couple weeks ago. I mean, there wasn't a, there wasn't anyone on that leaderboard on Sunday that I would have been unhappy to see take home the trophy. I mean, those three great stories you had and Ricky Fowler trying to make a comeback after being kind of lost in the woods for a few years kind of the newcomer in Wyndham Clark, but he's kind of battled some mental demons over the years. And then you had Rory McIlroy and everything that's happened with him over the last couple of years and a nine-year major drought. Like, they were three great stories. But, yeah, having someone to uh, to root against isn't necessarily a bad thing. So Brooks Kepka. That's who I'm, that, Brooks Kepka. That's the guy I'm pushing up front. Brooks, and he makes it easy. He makes it easy. Now he's not—he's not a full-blown jerk, but he's just jerk enough to where you want to, you know. If he's on the leaderboard that last that that on that Sunday, you might tune in. Man, I hope someone so passes him and makes him, you know. It's kind of like what he did. It's kind of like what he did at the Masters. Him and and I forgot who the other guy was who kind of screwed the pooch and let Tiger get the win. Because Tiger wasn't going to win that last Masters. But if it wasn't for yeah. the mistakes of people like Brooks Kepka, uh, whom I'm, I know there's somebody that's on the tip of my Francesco, tongue. Francesco Thank Molinari. You. Molinari, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think almost everyone hit it into the water on 12 on Sunday <laughs> other than Tiger. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was wild. It was, it was like everybody came up short in the same spot. I think Tony Finau was one of them. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, obviously, Tony's not an unlikable guy. But, yeah. like, the, the – But could it just be a rivalry? It really just got everyone, as it often does. Yeah. Could it just be a rivalry, though? Not so much a, a, a anti or, or somebody that people don't like, but just something to anticipate a rivalry. I mean, going back to Nicholas and Palmer. I mean, something like that, I think, would, would, would draw people in. Well, and that think about that's I, I was talking about tennis earlier. Think, think about all the great Federer-Nadal finals that happened over the last 15 years. And that was – I'm, I'm not even the, the biggest tennis fan ever, and I remember watching a number of those matches uh, simply because you had two guys at the top of the game that were – we're going back and forth. It'll it'll be interesting to see in an individual sport like who who separates themselves for any great length of time will help breed those kinds of rivalries. Because golf is just a hard game, right? And you see guys that, I mean, Spieth came on the, the scene in 2015 and started winning at a high clip. It looked like he wasn't going anywhere for a while, and then the putter went cold for yep, him yep. for a while. Listen, the sport tried to kind of getting his way back, but it's 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 funny. And and Justin Thomas, I just mentioned. I mean, he's. He's not having his best season ever right now, and you never know. He could turn it on this weekend to Travelers and win and win next week, and now he's back, and it's totally fine. But to really separate in golf is challenging, yeah. and it will happen. Somebody will come along, and somebody else, whether it's and it becomes like a Tiger Phil thing or Tiger VJ or Tiger David Duvall. They were a Tiger V, a bunch of guys through the years back in the early 2000s. Right. Um, and it was fun to watch. So we'll see. There's just a lot of parody right now also is what I feel like. I mean, you got a Brooks that pl- plays well in the majors, but it's 
there's definitely a lot of parity and a lot of guys that can win week to week, which is not a bad thing either. I just think it's it, it should happen, but it should happen organically. It was you know, it, it tried to be a manufactured one between him and DeChambeau, and it, it just didn't feel right. So anyway, that's just my thought on propelling the sport forward for those who aren't fans. But we're up against it, Alex, and we thank you again. Obviously, we're going to be talking to you soon because we got about. Yeah. Find out all that stuff you've been keeping in your back pocket during this interview. <laughs> so we got we got to pull that out in a, you know a month or so as we get closer to the event. But as always, thank you, man, for getting up and being part of the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. As always, that's Alex Urban. He is the executive director of the Tour Championship. Yeah, man, I'm putting that on uh, Brooks Kepka. He'd be the perfect person to wear the black hat. Yeah, and and don't care, and we'll keep winning. Yeah. So that's the guy you want to see <laughs> when given the opportunity. <laughs> That's, that's, <laughs> that's a nice way of putting that. You like that? Yeah. Get yes, a degree for that. <laughs> um, coming up, 9 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking more Braves and our own Mike Conti. Boom shakalaka. He, uh, like, just, I know that's not the phrase, but it just sounds Yeah, yeah. We, we, close. We, we'll have, we, we'll have we that. are going to have the man with the call joining us, getting us ready for uh, Atlanta United, New York Red Bulls up in New York City. So we haven't had Mike on a little bit. He's going to join us at 920. Up next, let you know where some money is flying through the air. It's a casting call. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Sam and Greg on this June 24th. Thank you uh, again for, for me and Sam and Max and everybody here and uh, for letting us be a part of your weekend morning. Absolutely. We are here today till 10 o'clock. We'll be here with you tomorrow from 6 until 10, every and Saturday and, and Sunday. And July 4th, we want you to come down. If you're running the Peachtree Road Race, you know, but if you, you know, come down and hang out with us, we're going to be broadcasting live from right out in front of Colony Square. Absolutely. As uh, the wall of humanity comes down Peachtree Street, <laughs> passing by us on Peachtree Road Race, and uh, we're going to be having some fun. So if you're going to be in Midtown, that area, uh, July 4th, you know, come by and stop by and say hello. I just lost my, my casting call. No, don't go. do that. Well, it went away. The computer Well, we got to have we gotta have. Yeah, well, the I, call. I got it. It's coming back it's here. That it's that time. Yeah, 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 you're right, the, you're the, right. The people are sitting right. waiting for, for this all week. They've been waiting <laughs> to hear. Because, because things are happening. We we thought that nothing, we thought everything was going to come to a screech. And I got a former schoolmate who's a driver for, I won't say which studio. Okay. But they're working. Yeah, they are. You know, they're working. Because I asked myself, how's it going? It's I'm, I'm rolling. The you know uh, again, it, just, they they also said it may stop at some point. Yes, right now they're rolling. There are uh, productions being shot. I I could not feel more fortunate since this thing has hit May se- yeah May second was when the writers started their strike. But all this has been happening over the last few months, and I have tripped and fall fallen into a couple projects, which I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just actually landed one. This past week, I had to go do a, an ADR for Black Mafia Family, which is going to start its third season. Yep. Uh, two episodes with that, which, of course, when you think of Black Mafia Family, you think of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's Without a doubt. You um, hey, you know who we lost on this day? And, and I'm getting back to what I'm going to be doing here, but there's a reason for this. We lost one of the greatest talents this, this country has ever seen, and I think you will agree with me. Jackie Gleason. Yeah. 
You talk about we talk about Ronald Acuna, five tool player. This dude was a five tool entertainer. Yep. He and he did the coolest thing I have ever ever seen done on live TV, and I didn't see it live, obviously, but you know he used to have a talk show. Okay. Down in his show was in my, his excuse me not talk show variety show variety show the Jackie Gleason show and yeah. one of the famous phrases from that show is Miami Beach audiences are the greatest audiences in the world. He did his show from I think the Fountain Blue. Okay. Back then, mm-hmm. but there was footage of him coming out to talk to the audience, and he had just finished a skit right. And he had a suit on, and one of the things what did Jackie Gleason always have? He had a carnation. Yep. He, all right. he had yep. a carnation in his on his jacket lapel. But he came out, and while he was talking to the audience and he was telling them about what was coming up on the show, the dude, without the assistance of a mirror, which I would need, tied a perfect tie knot. Like he had his tie hanging around him. Yeah. And he went, as he was talking, he tied his tie. Yeah. And it was perfect. <laughs> and it landed, and the bottom one wasn't longer than the top yeah, one. Yeah, right. It was right. The, I was like, how the hell did he just do that? It was like watching somebody, to me at the time, being invent plutonium. Because you know, as a kid, you can't tie your tie, right? Oh, yeah, you asking yeah. four people to help you, you got to put your finger here. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. It has stayed with me this entire time of my life. But you stand in front, just go and tie a tie with know. no mirror yeah. and see how successful you tricky. are. That's a little tricky. Yeah. You may do it, but you may, once you look at it, you say, eh. Yeah, that you ain't look quite like right. you're ready to go out and Ringling Brothers. That ain't quite right. I bring that up is because uh, Jackie Gleason was part of one of the greatest movies of all time, and it's going to be the movie that I recommend for the weekend if you haven't seen it, and it's an all-time great, The Hustler. The Hustler. Paul Newman. Yes. Yeah. And he is playing Minnesota Fats. The real Minnesota Fats helped. He was a consultant on this movie. Okay. Obviously. Okay, yeah. So Paul Newman plays Fast Eddie Felsen. It's just one of those classic movies. It is dark, but the pool scenes are cool as you know what, right? It just and 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 it's whether it's Kevin Costner playing baseball or Jackie Gleason or Paul Newman, whoever playing shooting pool. There's an authenticity that has to come across when you're watching that, right? Oh yeah. And you believe these two dudes could take your money when you watch it. So I that's just one of those movies that stay with me. So both of them are stars, but the movie itself is an all-time classic. So I'm just if you've never seen it before. Check out The Hustler. Uh, also, go to our website, 929thegame.com slash casting call. Yes, there are movies, TV shows, even game shows being done here in the city. Extras Casting Atlanta has got a couple projects now. The one I'm telling you about specifically is going to be shot at the end of next week, but they need some young folks, uh, 18 to 27 years old. Okay. Fun, trendy males and females, as they put it. Any ethnicity. You're going to see that. Now, you know what else they're doing for this production? And I mentioned this about a month or so ago when the strike started. This is one of those productions where they are saying, no experience required, but people who are current members of SAG and SAG, actually it's SAG um, eligible, which by the way is what I am. I'm SAG eligible. I'm not necessarily in the union, but because of the jobs I've done, if I said tomorrow I want to be in the union, I'm good to go. Okay. Right? And there's reasons why I'm not, and we don't have time to get into that. But those people who are actually in paying dues who are not working now because of the strike, they're reaching out. Again, they're taking care of their own with these productions. There's been some productions where all the extras, they don't want nothing but um, people in the union. Really? They can get them some work. Okay. You know, because okay. so the people, there's a lot of folks out of, out of work there. All right, Destination Casting. Talked about January. She's got a couple projects that are going to be shooting next week. They need cops. 
Now, stay with me on this one, Sam. They need park goers. I tell you, this is a beautiful country. Somebody's going to hire you. They're going to pay you. They're going to feed you. And all you got to do is walk back and forth across the street or go shop, whether it's pedestrians, whether it's, you know, shoppers hanging out in the park. Yeah. That's what this job is. Now, here's one I have never asked for before. They, as it's written here, handsome bar guys. Okay. That's what they say. Any ethnicity, but basically what they're looking for, very fit and handsome males to play drunk guys in a bar. You have to be drunk? No, I say you have to be. You have to play that. That's where the action comes in. But the bar guy, you're that obnoxious, over overly served person. How about that? So you got to talk like uh, Dudley. You Moore ain't talking at all, dude, because you're you're an extra. You, you got, just got to act drunk. You, so you, you got to act, act like like yeah. You got to act drunk and obnoxious. Pardon me. What you say? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> It'd be like D- Dudley Moore and Arthur, right? <laughs> I'd rather be Hobson. I know he died though, but he was, he had, he's the one that got the Academy Award for that role. And and please take this off my head if I begin to die. <laughs> That's the greatest line ever. Anyway, destination casting. You'll see okay. a new TV movie looking for very fit, handsome males, any ethnicity, to play attractive, overly overserved guys in a bar. 25 to 35 years old. So these jobs are there and more waiting for you. There's a store manager. This is a featured role. They're looking for actually an older black male to play a store manager. 45 to 55 years old. All right. Say it again. 45 to 50 years old, old, older black male. Hey, Greg, you mean African-American? No. The casting directors will put this as African-American. Yeah. I do not do that. I just open it up, you know, because we got a lot of people from various parts of the world living here in Atlanta who have in the past felt like they couldn't submit that were from Jamaica, that were from countries in Africa. Yeah. Right? You ain't going to be talking. We don't have to hear your accent or no accent at all. We don't have to hear any of that. You just got to look what they're looking for. And in this case, looking for an older black male to portray a store manager. So good luck to all of you. And, of course, we've got the game show that is still there. Who the bleep is that? Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> that's who the bleep is that? That's okay. the game show. Crucial casting. So these jobs and more, and it seems like with every week, there's more and more in front of the camera. No, have any of the court shows. Sorry. No, have any of the, no, no. At courts. the moment where they would need an audience, no, there might be. But see, here's what I'm talking about, Sam. I send everybody scroll past the jobs in front of the camera. Even go past where I have film industry and voiceover info behind the camera. You know, start you with Georgia.org. Pass that. Pass the official info where I, I connect you with the Georgia Department of Labor to get that certificate if you're a minor. The voiceover connections, Bill Seller and Atlanta voiceover. By the way, Heidi sent me, she hit me back. Remember last week we tried to call Heidi over at, right. at the Atlanta voiceover studio to give her thoughts on how AI is affecting voiceover work or what she's doing over there as far as voiceover work. And she she was busy, but she, she did hit me back, and so I wanted to acknowledge that. But after that, you will see the list of casting directors, those that are doing court shows. Right. Those that, you know, when I check this stuff out, the next day something else could, could pop up, but I've got this list set for our show. So there are opportunities that are, are, are coming up, but not all of them have needs for extras, or they have just a, a few extras that are needed. Okay. So it's, it's a timing thing. But, yeah, all that stuff is there, man, so – Again, wanted to um, throw that out there as far as this is where I would direct you right now while things are kind of in flux. Just go to, I got extras casting Atlanta, casting Taylor Made, CO casting, uh, Destination casting, Hilton casting, Contract casting, casting all talent, on location casting. Who, by the way, they're doing a bunch of music videos. If y'all want to travel to Nashville, 
because people are sort of pivoting right now. Yeah. That's going on up there. Tammy Smith casting, Bill Marinella, cab casting, doing a lot, a lot of Tyler Perry stuff. Lots of Tyler Perry. That's really? cab casting. Okay. Rose Lock casting. And, of course, game-changing films. And you've heard me talk about that. You, was, you were talking about that was filming herself is here in town. Uh, there was an athlete who's was it Georgia State that you were talking about? Oh, I forgot. It was a was woman that? who you were telling me that was in town, and the folks were filming her doing what she was. I was talking about Crystal Henderson. Okay. Young lady's coming to Georgia State, and she just had crew kind of documenting what she was doing. Well, that, that footage is what she would send to game-changing films. If there is a tennis player, if there's a baseball player, if there's a lacrosse player, whatever the sport is, is a swimmer, in mm-hmm. your house, and you have footage of them doing it, regardless of the age, send that to game-changing films. Let them know where you are, that you're available to be a part of whatever production's coming to town, where they need swimmers, male, female, where they need soccer players, whatever it is, to be the opposing team for the team that's filled with the stars of the movie. That's what game-changing films does. Okay. They always provide the other team, the other players. But you gotta, they got to know where you are. I got friends up in Chicago telling them, y'all need to send Lana. She's killing it in, in, in soccer and basketball and baseball. And she's not even college yet. She's high school age. I go, perfect. You need to get that film. This is my niece, Jackie. I can get that film to Game Changing Films. Right. right. Can't hurt. Doesn't cost you a thing. Let them know where you are. They can't find you. And here's something else. I haven't talked about this in a while. I'm going to say it slowly. The Georgia Film and Television Sourcebook. The Georgia Film and television source book. It's online. If you have classic cars, if you have horses, if you have a, a, a lot of land with a gazebo on there, that y- you have something that you feel like the film industry could use, that's where you would go to and let them know who you are, where you are, and what you got. Okay. And and, and then bargain with them. Because you, you, even if you got some bison that happen to be in your yard. You, they well, die. they already know where to find Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they know where to find him. But, uh, yeah, whatever it is, that's where you go. It is the industry Bible as far as everything that happens here in Georgia, but just pretty much the industry itself. But there is an area where you can let them know. you got rental properties. you got you got a, a big place in Buckhead. you got a big place in, you know, Tiff's County. Why did I pick that place? I don't know they, why you picked that. that. I was going to say, they stayed Man, giving you, me you, tickets. You, you really pulled that one out uh, of the No. Anyway, <laughs> Greg, greg.clarksonodyssey.com. If you got any questions about any of this stuff, you can see, also see the list up on GetCast with Greg on Twitter. There you go. Having said that, let's move to – oh, and by the way, I'll be with, uh, hopefully, Cannon tomorrow – or son, uh, Monday. Monday. And then uh, DJ Sturgis on V103 talking about this and any more additions to the casting call list on Tuesday. Now, 9 o'clock hour. Mike Conti. Uh, are we cool with a call? We could possibly have you still working on that, a Mike Conti call from Atlanta United? Yeah. yeah all right, well, so you want to stick around and see what we got here. But we're going to talk to Mike about his famous call and, of course, getting us ready for Atlanta United tonight. But up next, we're going to talk Braves. And as Sam said earlier in the show, <sighs> 10 runs just ain't enough. You wouldn't think that would be the case, but it happened last night. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. 